There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi, I'm Nicholas Brendan, and you're listening to the Buffy Back Issue Ben. Welcome back to what I guess we're going to call the Buffy Back Issue Bin. Yep, it's a way better title. And we just, it's still up in the air. It doesn't really matter. It'll be the same show no matter what. Will it have fancy alliteration or will it just be a different thing? I like the alliteration. Alliteration makes everything more fun. It makes me feel like I'm Stanley. Really? All Stanley did in the early days was alliteration. Reed Richards, Matt Murdock, Peter Parker, Sue Storm. True. Things like that, yeah. Stanley, just because he was bad at Bruce Banner, he was really bad at remembering names, so he went with alliteration. But he was still really bad at remembering things. If you go back and read, like, early Silver Age Marvel stuff, he screws up all the time. Poor Stan. He's super old. I was just rereading a bunch. Yeah, we met Stanley. Yeah, I know. We got a page upstairs autographed by him. I was there. You were there. I waited for him. You stood in line. He's so old. He's so cute. But I was just rereading a bunch of early, early Fantastic Four stuff, and there's a, the second time the Hulk shows up in that book, and he calls the Hulk Bob Banner. I'm like, all right, he, he messed up, that's fine. But then he does it another, like, five times. It's not like, really fine. Did he make that character? Yeah, he did. So he just, all right. He went with alliteration, but the wrong alliteration. It happens constantly in the huh. early days, like Scott Summers, Warren Worthington. That's not a great one. That's a bad one. Warren Worthington the third. That's actively bad. Well, he's also actively a douche. Yes, as his name tells us. Good thing he gets his wings ripped off in a torturous, torturous event. That's not very nice either, though. Well, then he got crucified. I'd rather that none of those things happened to him. But then one time he tried to fly to heaven. Like Icarus? He is an angel. Did he fly too close to the sun? Uh, it didn't go well. Poor Hamilton. What? It's just like Hamilton. What? No! Yeah. Jeez. I bring up Warring Worthington the third. Uh-huh. And then I went to Icarus, and then I went to Hamilton. Duh. Either way, we're we're talking about Buffy. So where we are today, we are talking about Spike into the Light. This was a 2014 OGN, or original graphic novel, so it was only released in this format. And to just be completely upfront, this is one of the most frustrating books we're going to talk about. It is an active contradiction to the rest of the story, but unfortunately, a character introduced here gets brought up again a few years down the road, so it has to count as canon, and it's awful. Yeah, it's not my favorite. This book, if it was placed in a different spot, and I'll get into it, it could be bad, but not a contradiction. But where they've tried to place it, it's actively terrible. Yeah, it just doesn't fit there, and irregardless of that, it's just not a very... Deep story. Nothing really happens. No. So, this story is written by James Marsters, who was the actor who played Spike. So, he knows him as well as anyone. When he wrote this, he had been about 10 years since he played the character. The voice is spot on. The, the voice of Spike that we that we hear in this, I really like it. The voice is spot on with bad writing. <laughs> like, whenever Spike talks, I'm like, mm, stop. Right, but I can hear Spike saying all those things. Yeah, he's not... He's not a writer. He's, he's an actor. Oh, he's a songwriter. Okay. He's not a comic writer. No, he's not. Well, he is, but just not a good one. Uh, right off the bat, literally before we even get into this book, there is something that doesn't work. This book states that uh, this story takes place near the beginning of season seven of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. With a picture of boots next to it. It can't. It cannot take place where it says it takes place based on the art. Right, because in this story, 
um, we see Spike with his coat. Which sounds minor, but there's a major part about two-thirds of the way through Buffy season seven where Spike gets his coat back, gets his agency back, and gets some balls again. Right. And up until that point, he's really been cowering in a corner because he got his soul back. And that has really... So he went crazy with hallucinations and killing a bunch of people and then just crying... In a corner. In the basement. Well, I was going to say like a bitch. Oh, poor Spike. And getting his coat back is getting his agency back. Right. So the fact that Spike has his coat in this means that this cannot take place where this says it takes place. Also, he was kind of murdery in the beginning of season seven and kind of crazy. So that doesn't even work. Right. And the spike that we see in this is very much in control of his own actions and... Kind of unconcerned with the rest of the world. And we'll get into why it doesn't even work later in season seven. But if we are going to play the season seven game, and also if you're reading this, I would... I'm playing along. I'm saying it takes place in season seven of Buffy. This story would take place after episode 15, get it done when Spike gets his coat back and before Storyteller, when Andrew is filming himself and kind of telling sensationalized versions of the story. After that, things get too tight for Spike to disappear for any amount of time. Right, because the whole point about this this graphic novel is that he's not in Sunnydale. Sunnyvale. Yes, that's the town that he lives in. I almost said Sunnyville because it's Greenville that he's in. And so he's not in Sunnydale. But the whole premise is that Spike has left Sunnydale for a little while. We're not even really sure just why. Just to take a vacation. Yeah, he's he, doesn't, just... he doesn't really explain it. It's just that all of a sudden he's in this town called Greenville that we've never seen in the show. And It's in California, at least. At least it didn't go that far. Yep, he's in California somewhere. And he has a history with Greenville. Not that he remembers it at the beginning, but he does. Um, We don't get any view into how he gets there or really why he ends up in Greenville. He's, he's just, just like, I'm in a new town. Yeah, basically. He's just wandering the streets lurking. He's just going along doing his own thing, and he sees a woman who is about to get mugged. Exactly. So Spike goes, and he stops the mugging and beats up these two guys and frees the poor girl and offers to walk her home. But this is the major, major problem with the placement of the story saying this takes place in season seven. So Spike at this point has only been working with Buffy. And then I can't really say spoilers because at this point it's over 10 years old. Right. So spoilers, I Uh, guess, if you haven't finished Buffy and Angel yet. Yeah. If you haven't finished the show that ended in 2004, spoilers. But Spike goes over to Angel and he's incorporeal for a little while. And then he's brought back into Lindsay pretending to help Spike just to manipulate him, acts as someone to give him missions. And Spike goes and he saves a girl from a vampire and he just, he dismisses it really offhand. He's like, yeah, I've killed vampires before this isn't a big deal and Lindsay stops and he goes no every time you've ever killed a vampire it was with an ulterior motive it was always to impress a girl meaning Buffy and it's a very small moment but a very significant moment in Spike's history the fact that he's doing something for more than just trying to impress Buffy and he's becoming more than just that yeah that he's actually kind of growing into his soul and that he's he's becoming a good person for lack of a better term but in this he just saves a girl with that same kind of determination that he shows in Angel once he gets his body back. So this completely diminishes that significant change. And he's going to do something later on that just reinforces that lack of change. And this just doesn't work. 
If you want to know where this story should take place, where it's not an active contradiction to Spike's growth as a character, if we're going along, we talk about, and we will, Spike, A Dark Place, which is a miniseries that just stars Spike. It's involves him getting away from his previous life and trying to grow as an individual. But the moral of the story is that nothing still happens in this, so... Yeah, this is... If it wasn't for a new character being introduced... And I rem- when this character came back into the comics, my thought was, uh, so that Spike book has to count. Yeah. Which isn't a good, you shouldn't have to be like, damn it, more story counts. Because <laughs> That's not a good feeling. Really, the whole point of this book is that Spike's boot breaks during that first fight with the two muggers. And then the rest of the story is him looking for a new pair of boots. So where this should fall in season seven, last episode was all about Spike getting his coat back, and then the next story is all about Spike getting new boots. Yep. If so we have Spike's one more wardrobe. Sto- if we have one more Spike wardrobe story, I guess I have nowhere to go from there, but damn it. This doesn't matter. This adds nothing. This is ten years removed from Spike being a character on the show. And what, James Marsters approached Dark Horse and said, I have a great idea for a story. Spike needs boots. Right, so... That's not good. That's terrible. On the other hand, the art on this, very good art. Across the board, it looks exactly like the character. This is done by Derelis Santa Cruz. The art across the board is really great. Yeah, the art looks great. It's it's a great-looking book, and it's not even... So here's the thing. It's not like it's so actively bad. It just doesn't really go anywhere. I think it's actively bad based on placement. If it was placed in a different spot, it would just be boring. So Spike rescues this girl. Her name is Dylan, as in Bob Dylan. And she's an artist. She's a painter, we find out. And so she loves the light. And she had to move away from Minnesota because there was no light, so she moved to California. I guess um, her look look and kind of personality is supposed to be based off of James Marster's wife. Oh, that's really sweet, actually. Who's like half his age. That's still really sweet. (laughs) Good for James Marsters. So he walks Dylan home and he says that he's looking for a fresh start because he doesn't have a girlfriend. And he's kind of on the rebound. So he and Dylan kind of hit it off and he tells her his real name is William. Spike has always been portrayed as this hopeless romantic and especially when he gets his soul back and he's like all apologetic towards Buffy like everything I did before is the worst and please forgive me and all of this crap this doesn't fit no this This doesn't fit towards the hopeless romantic who has this belief in this eternal love that will be cleansed in fire at the end of this series right it would even make more sense if he somehow left Sunnydale to go on a quest to be worthy of Buffy's love or something like that. Something, you know, redeem himself for his soul, do something towards that end. But really, he's just wandering around and finds himself in this random town. And he's horny? I guess. And he's this really is, likes this girl. This is like in the last season after they broke up when he was just banging floozies to make her jealous. Did you use the word floozy? I did use floozy and they were. Floozy's a good word, I guess. Spike's all about the floozies. Pre, like, but pre-soul. When he's trying to be a better person, none of this makes sense. So Spike's walking around and the sole of his shoe has fallen off. I feel like there should be some kind of metaphor here, but it's just the sole of his shoe and not the sole of his person. Right. 
And somehow Spike has gotten to this town with zero money and zero means because he shows up, finds a pawn shop that goes, huh, this looks kind of familiar, and then goes, those boots, though, those boots look just the right size for me. And then goes, but my soul won't let me break into this pawn shop anymore, so I'm just going to go sleep in this weird basement that I found in a warehouse. Yep. My soul, this is really awkwardly read. Mm-hmm. And he says um, something about, when I do sleep now, I dream, and the dreams are memories. So we get a flashback of Spike in the 70s. Apparently, after killing Nicky Wood, the slayer that he killed in the 70s, he went to California. And this is, even though I like the art, this is also an active contradiction. So when we saw Spike in the 70s killing Nicky Wood on the subway, without any kind of shame, they made Spike look basically identical to Billy Idol. Spike Terry's wearing a leather vest. He's just unabashed that he kills Nikki and he takes the coat. And he's mentioned beyond that that he basically hasn't taken off that coat since the 70s. Mm-hmm. Except in this, we basically get the way that Spike looks in Buffy, but without the jacket. And it doesn't really work. No, it doesn't make a ton of sense. So I'm going to keep saying this is Dark Horse. Hire me. Your continuity is. No mm, lacking. Iffy at best. So <laughs> we see Spike's memories through his dreams. So apparently after he killed Nikki Wood, Drusilla went off to brag to Darla that he killed another Slayer. Because Darla was around when he killed the last one in the Boxer Rebellion. And Spike found three friends. I'm assuming they're vampires, but we don't really know. They go marauding around and end up pulling a bunch of jobs and getting a lot of money. But they don't want to take the money with them, so at their For last... some reason, these are like weird pirates where they just bury the treasure. Exactly. They literally buried the treasure in the last crime scene that they were at, which happened to be a pawn shop. And so Spike wakes up from his dream suddenly and realizes that that's the same pawn shop that had the boots that he liked, that somehow he knew were the right size. That's very confusing. Yeah, he, well. com- he complained about the muggers. He's like, your feet are too small. He's very up on shoe sizing. I'm like... Spike also not a very tall guy, so I don't think he has, like, huge feet, but whatever. Whatever. So Spike realizes that there's $100,000 that he buried in the floorboards of that same pawn shop. Because apparently he needs hundred grand to buy shoes. Doesn't everybody? No! And so he's like, back in the old days, I could have just murdered and robbed and done all that, but I can't even lie now without my soul hurting. Which also is kind of weird because where this story has to be placed based on kind of Jack and just storytelling, we've kind of moved beyond, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, Spike being a bitch. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a bitch. He's very complainy. And a lot of it's inner monologue, so you can't really fault him for complaining to himself. But at the same time, as a reader... It gets kind of old, the fact that he's like, I can't murder. I still can't murder. So, I still can't murder. Well, literally within the last episode, he went into this hardcore brawl with the demon, snapped his neck, lit a match off of his skull. So like, a uh, fight like that is good for the soul or something like that. And it was super cheesy and he just like sucked down a cigarette and it was supposed to be like super active. Now he's like, I can't steal these boots. And so he talks to the proprietor of the store who's this little old lady and she's like no you're super weird you can't start scratching at my floorboards you need to get out which i'm kind of with her on that one she just hits it with a broom yeah if someone walked into my store and they started like scratching at my floorboards it'd be like 
Yeah, no. By the way, where is your store? Uh, 210 Water Street in downtown Hollowell, Maine. What's it called? Editor's Note Comics. Look at that. Remember to plug. So the little old lady uses an actual literal broom to sweep Spike out of her store. And then Spike walks outside to find that a demon has stolen a baby because... Yeah, we're not really sure why. He also just seemed to have taken the baby away in its stroller. And the mother doesn't care. She's like, save my baby. Well, she cares. I don't know. Do something. But she doesn't seem do to be something. super concerned. So she just goes up to a Billy Idol wannabe and says, save my baby. Right. And Spike runs up to the demon and is like, what are you doing? And the demon goes, shh, she's sleeping. It's all an odd, it's very odd, all of that. Spike fights the demon a little bit, and... There's a fire that takes place, like some hobos are burning a trash can, and then it sets a building on fire, and the demon throws the baby into the fire, and Spike saves it. And it's great, and everybody's happy, except that Spike has forgotten to turn off his vamp face, so the mother's terrified of it. Which, I mean, that was always a thing of the show, like... Vampire face is never well explained. Like, isn't it an adrenaline thing? Is it a fight thing? Is it an active choice? Like, vampire face is never fully explained in the show either. Right. But you would think that if somebody had just walked through fire to save your baby, that even if they looked a little funny, you'd be grateful. But she's not. That's okay. The mother runs away and Spike goes and just stalks Dylan. Yeah, he goes, I was just passing your window i don't know i just given that he has enhanced vampire senses like i just imagine he was outside like sniffing do you remember in season five of buffy when he was like pre-soul and just stood outside buffy's house like constantly smoking cigarettes and just like watching her yes and so spike happens upon dylan's apartment again dylan invites him in so spike Goes into this girl's apartment, sees some of her paintings, says some weird things about how beautiful the light is, and has to run away from a mirror, and, you know, all of the vampire cliches, basically. Dumb crap. And then he goes and walks with Dylan, and he says it's their second date. And they find an olive tree, and Dylan goes, I'm waiting for a surprise, I'm waiting for a surprise. And, shockingly, the surprise is the Spike kissing her? No, it's the sunrise. No, it's Spike kissing her. Then the sun rises. He's like, oh, I'm bad at time. Which, I've literally had to deal with this for over 100 years. Yeah, and so he starts smoking, literally, and runs away. And he's berating himself for being stupid. And I'm berating him for being stupid. So what we were seeing this interspersed with is a demon stealing children. That same demon stealing children. And then Spike runs away and happens to come across a shed where this demon has been stashing said children. Right, like, the place where he's trying to hide himself is, I don't know. Where this demon has been taking kids. And there's, like, a whole bunch of them. There's, like, five kids here. And then Spike decides that he's going to fight this demon. And the demon says, get away from my family. So evidently, we're supposed to assume from this, that the demon has been stealing the kids not to eat them or, I don't know, turn them into slaves or something, but because he wants a family. So we'll skip a bunch of this because it's totally pointless. There's a really boring fight. The demon says it just wants to be loved after fighting Spike. Spike gets set on fire. And the demon just leaves. The, the demon does just The leave. demon just leaves and there's no resolution. Nope. And somehow uh, Dylan comes back as well. And she's the one who actually saves all the kids. But again, uh, she sees Spike's vamp face and runs away. He's on and fire. And it's like, get away from me forever. You're on fire and you have a vamp face. 
So Spike goes back to his random basement for a couple of weeks and heals. And this is another thing that is an active contradiction to Season 7, especially where it literally needs to take place. So towards the end of Season 7, Giles and Robin Wood are like, we need to get Spike away from Buffy. How are we going to get Spike away from Buffy? Apparently, according to this story, he'll just fuck off for a couple of weeks. So is it that hard to do? Evidently not. And you would think that if Spike were really that hurt and that sad, that he'd go back to things that are familiar. He'd go back to Buffy because we don't really get a reason why he left Buffy. This isn't a good story. This is a bad story. Yeah, it's not great. I can't wait till we get to stuff I actually enjoy because the only reason we're doing this show is because there are good stories out there, but we just haven't gotten there yet. My God. But we do get the resolution to one one of the problems. Jesus. Which is the boots. The most important problem. So Spike goes back to this pawn shop. He's like, hey, there's a hundred grand buried underneath these floorboards. And so the husband is there this time, and the husband decides to search under the floorboards, finds a hundred grand. The wife goes, good, you found it in my store. It's all mine. Get out. Yeah, of course. And if she's renting that space and that's there, that's their money. Definitely. Spike's in the wrong. And so Spike is sad and goes just wandering away, and the husband comes running out and goes, I saw you the other day looking at these boots in the window. You can have them as our thanks for giving us $100,000. Here's a pair of boots that were in a pawn shop. And Spike's like, sounds good. All's well that ends well. That's not a thing. I guess I'll go back and fight the first now because that's, you know, actually important. Now that I have my boots. Actually, to be fair, at the very end of this, he doesn't even put his boots on. (laughs) He He just just carries them away. Walks away with New boots. And at the very, very end, he sends a basket of flowers to Dylan, and he leaves a note that says, A goodbye gift from the land of the living. Keep it out of the shadows. This one loves the light. Farewell, William. Which is A, creepy, and B, doesn't have anything to do with what he and Dylan have ever talked about, which makes this super confusing for Dylan, I'm sure. This is a terrible story. And if it wasn't for Dylan coming up again, I would, even though I say, like, yeah, once Dark Horse gets the rights, everything they do is canon. God, if it wasn't for Dylan coming back, I'd say, screw this one. Yeah, you don't really need to read this one. If you do really enjoy the character of Dylan and you want to find out where we first meet No her, one enjoys the character of Dylan because she's back. in two stories, and in both cases, it's inconsequential. Okay. Well, this also is inconsequential, so if you're feeling like you have an extra 15 minutes that you have to spare and you really want to... That's even the thing. Like, this is a graphic novel. 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah, it's a quick one. There's a lot of action. The art's good, but it has no resolution. Like, the fights don't go anywhere. Spike loses, the demon leaves, and then he's just going to go keep on doing his thing in Greenville, I guess, because... So I'm not really sure, yeah, where the demon went and whether or not he's going to keep stealing children and what he wanted to steal the children for. All very confusing. But we don't answer any of those questions. Yeah. God, I can't wait to get to post-show shows. Soon. We're making our way there. So Frey was good. This one not so great. We'll Uh, keep moving on. uh, Next week we're going to be back for kind of small vignette stories, but it will be at least moving forward. Exactly, which is always a good place to be. Until then, you can find us over at editorsnotecomics.com on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to find any episodes of the show early, you can find it over on Patreon. That's Um, about it. 
Well, the show is also on YouTube, and I am, of course, at a physical comic book store location at 210 Water Street down in Hollowell, Maine. And I'm there sometimes. Until then, I don't know, buy new shoes, I guess. That's the point of this story. Sounds good to me. Bye. Try not to abandon everyone in the middle of a massive apocalypse. Again, another good life lesson. Until then, we'll be back. Bye.